you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income. But it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. That's where Vector Travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring life to student housing. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. Well, folks, it is that time of the year again. What am I talking about? <laughs> Other than the massive amount of, of pollen that's fallen on the ground in the southeast? Nope, not that. I'm trying my best to ignore that. No, I'm talking about the Interface Student Housing Conference in Austin, Texas. This is the largest student housing conference on the globe. It's put on by our friends over at France Media, who also published Student Housing Business Magazine. So as always this time of year, we are going to catch up with Rich Kelly to get a preview of what's on tap for this year's conference. This year's conference is the 14th annual one. But before I do that, I've got some important news to pass along. Drum roll, please. We have launched our very own mobile app. Yes, we have. It's called SHI Connect. You could go to your app store today, search in your Google Play Store, uh, just search for SHI Connect and download it right to your phone. So why did we launch an app? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and I'll share more about that in future episodes. In fact, we've got a YouTube video that we're putting together uh, between Greta and I on how to navigate the app. And by the way, Greta gets all the credit for, for this app. This is something that I went to her and said, hey, I want to do this. This is why. And she immediately bought into it and was like, yeah, this is this is something the industry needs. 
and uh, and she's done she's done all the work to to get it to this point and um I, I wish she was here for me to tell her thank you um as i have told her over and over again but just want you guys to know that that she's been you know the, the major person putting that together so why did we why did we launch an app the main reason is this the student housing industry we face a lot of challenges in this industry and challenges are conquered by people who can communicate as to what the problems are and express their thoughts and ideas on how to overcome those problems and those challenges as a as an industry we don't really have a platform to discuss these challenges in real time i mean we've got conferences we've got you know company get togethers company meetings all that kind of stuff but in in real time there's just not a way that that we can do that as an industry and especially in a way that we are accustomed to communicating which is on our devices on our mobile devices you know when the pandemic began uh, back in March of 2020, and the students were told by their universities to to go home. This industry was was just stricken with panic on you know how would we continue to lease apartments? How would we collect rent? Would they have a reason to collect or to pay rent? Right, and I think most importantly, how are we going to take care of our of our employees, especially our site employees, but also our employees that are constantly traveling. How are we going to do that? It was crazy. And, and, you know, other than picking up a phone and calling someone or asking people to meet on a Zoom call, we had no central place we could really communicate and talk about the problems we were facing. Some of us created social media groups on Facebook and LinkedIn, but that doesn't always reach everybody in real time. And, And let's face it, those platforms, especially Facebook, is becoming toxic and crazy more and more each day. I can't even type the word slap and Will Smith in the same sentence without being censored. (laughs) So that's why we created SHI Connect. We face problems every day in this industry, and now we've got a resource to help ourselves solve those problems collectively. So again, more details on the app will come out later, but go download it today and and start following people, start making posts. I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed with what we've been able to put together. All right, let's get to that interview with Rich Kelly and talk about what we can expect at Interface this year. And make sure you join us in the outro because I've got a couple of announcements to make there as well. Rich Kelly, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Wes. Good to be here with you. Well, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about Interface. This has become kind of an annual thing for us over the past three or four years now of uh, of getting together and, and talk about what's on on tap and give everybody a preview um, of what's happening with, with Interface Student Housing. But before we get into that, you know, 2021 was, was a good comeback year for, for you guys especially on the conferencing side, because we're finally able to do live events again. If you could just give everybody a, a rundown of how 2021 uh, went for you guys and, and what all you guys have, uh, have been doing as far as student housing is concerned. Well, uh, it was certainly an interesting year, as you said. 
you know, a bounce back year for the industry. And, you know, we're always a reflection of the industry. So, it, you know, I would say definitely 21 was a better year than 2020. Although 2020, you know, we held our own as well as did the industry. You know, a couple of things we noticed were in both 2020 and 2021, as it continued to still be a struggle to get out in front of people, you know, we had a lot more people doing sponsored e-blasts with us or hosting webinars uh, because they yeah. wanted to still get their message out in front of the industry. Uh, and the same thing really with advertising, whether it be on the mag in the magazine, on the newsletter or on the website. So, you know, people still need to be in front of people. And hopefully and fortunately, we were a conduit to help folks do that. On the conference side, we were very lucky that, you know, we did interface student housing last July. We, our timing was fortunate in terms of where things were in terms of variants and such. We were also able to do two of our, what we call our exchange events, the SHB Development Exchange and the SHB Operations Exchange, which are much smaller, more intimate things. And those worked out well. And then we we're able to do uh, LeaseCon TurnCon in December. And that was a nice way to kind of end the year. So uh, it was a busy year. It was certainly a year not without its issues and, and challenges, but uh, just like the industry, I think we we rose above it and uh, are now poised to enjoy uh, hopefully more, I don't want to say calm times given what's going on in the world, but at least more, somewhat more normal times in our day-to-day -day business here in 2022. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, transactions in the industry came back uh, pretty, pretty hard. And I think that was you know, something that, that you guys covered extensively. Is there anything that kind of stood out to you as being just interesting or, or kind of maybe you see it from a standpoint of being tactful that, that you could see possibly impacting the, the future of student housing and just kind of what's going on? Is there anything that stood out to you at all? Uh, lots of things, actually. Uh, you know, the big investment deals at the end of the year just showed, and I'm not saying anything new here, but it just showed how much interest there is in the space from institutional capital, be it pension funds, be it overseas capital, really anybody and everybody. And that's a good thing for the space. Uh, I think another interesting thing that will have a lot of interesting ramifications in the year to come, not in a bad way, but you know, development starts are down uh, for obvious reasons. The pandemic, okay. construction costs, uncertainty, all that adds up to it's, you know, you're not going to see as much development coming out of the ground for the next couple of years. And that will, I think, be both beneficial to the folks that do get their projects out of the ground. Uh, and it will probably be beneficial to all the owners and operators out there because there won't be as much new product coming on. Therefore, hopefully leasing demand is higher than ever and, and rental rates can be can be healthy as well. And then, you know, the other thing we've talked about in the magazine People talked about it in all realms. You know, a lot of things changed in 2020. Uh, a lot of things obviously went virtual. They had to. So what stays and then maybe what comes back from the old, older way of doing things? And yeah. we're already starting to see that, I think, a little bit in 2022. Some people have feelings like, hey, everything's going to stay virtual. That's the way all leasing should be. That's the way all of our operations and management should be. Other folks say, no, you know, it's important to have that pizza party. And it's important to have someone at the leasing desk to give a personal tour. And not saying there's a right or wrong answer. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But that's what uh, that's what makes it, you know, makes it worth getting out of bed every day and, and coming to work and, and talking to people, figuring all that out. Yeah, I think what makes that so interesting in student housing is just the seasonality of it, because, you know, things like <clears throat> things like payroll, you know, they're having to, to go up pretty significantly on things. And you know, our rents are kind of baked for a year. So, you know, it's unlike the conventional where you can start moving things on a monthly basis. 
you don't get that with student housing. You've got to you've got to wait sometimes six, eight months, sometimes far out as far out as twelve months before that that actually um, works out. And so, uh, you know, because of that, I think there's a lot of things that operators are having to look at, like you know, keeping virtual leasing around and, and maybe being able to, you know, maybe that keeps you from having to to hire, you know, an extra leasing agent. You know, at the same time, I will tell you, it's it's very hard to even find leasing agents. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's 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 interesting. Well, hey, before we jump into the, you know, the the, the big conference with Interface, um, I want to talk about another virtual conference that you guys are doing from an international standpoint. I got something earlier this week that uh, announcement from you guys that I was uh, I, I, I love seeing it because I've done some work in Canada and and love the the operators that are up there. But you've got the uh, O Canada webinar coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Some good friends at Varsity Communities and also company Cloud Wi-Fi are, are sponsoring that webinar and kind of brought the idea to us and uh, we jumped all over it because. You know, we've covered Canada in the magazine from time to time, but we, we've had our eye on it for a long time of wanting to do an event up there. Or, you know, how do we cover, do a little bit more on, on Canadian student housing? Because it's an interesting market, you know, some similarities to the U.S., but obviously some differences as well. And uh, so I think what that webinar will do is kind of get everybody caught up on what's going on with our, our friendly neighbors to the north in terms of both on campus and off campus. And uh, who knows, it might open some people's eyes to some opportunities as well. So uh yeah, you know, I, I know I read something this week that Canada is picking up a higher share of international students than they ever have for probably some obvious reasons. So that certainly bodes well for their market. So yeah, uh, an opportunity to learn a lot about what's going on up there from an investment standpoint, development standpoint, leasing management operations on uh, on April seventh. Great, great. Yeah, no, with yeah, especially with Australia still kind of being in lockdown, and and also they're you know, semesters are kind of opposite from, from us. And so that creates a timing thing. A lot of students, both from, from Asia countries, as well as India that would be going typically to, to Australia or a good majority of them would be going to Australia are now having to look at, you know, now their options are Europe, the U S and Canada. And uh, yeah, I think all of us are, are going to be in a little bit better situation as far as international students assuming that you know they can get everything in in place to to travel before lord forbid another variant comes out <laughs> that, that slows everything down but i think uh yeah i think i think both canada and and us are going to see a big bounce back this year if everything continues to to stay somewhat uh mellow with with covid so so that's fantastic well i'm looking forward to it that's april 7th and again, they can go to studenthousingbusiness.com to get more information on that. Yeah, we have uh, we have ads running on the website and in the newsletter, and we're sending out you know some promotional announcements before that. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes open. But yeah, there, you should be able to find access to it pretty easily. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know the Connor and the guys over at uh, at Varsity, and looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. So, all right. Let's now chat about the biggest student housing conference on the globe, since we're talking about international student housing, because this is, I mean, I, you know, I follow all the conferences uh, and there's some pretty cool ones that, that are, have been happening in Europe over the past few years. But by far, this one 
is still the biggest. And uh, certainly before COVID, it was it was uh, bringing in a lot of folks from from off our shores uh, to come in and, and learn about the industry and, and network with both operators as well as investment groups here in the in the U.S. Uh, but again, we're meeting in Austin this year, um, not July, um, but <laughs> which is great, um, but it's not in April. But, uh, what's that? It'll be at least five degrees cooler. Yeah, yeah. July was great. That week was actually, it worked out for a lot of good reasons. But yeah, being in Austin in July is, is not as nice as it has been in April. But we're not doing April this this year. Um, we're actually doing May, which I think from, you know, there's a lot of deals that are, that are put together at this conference every year. And, you know, when we're dealing with maybe the first two weeks of April, a lot of ownership groups are, you know, trying to gauge where things are going with, with pre-leasing. And you, I remember hearing so many times, Hey, if, if, if we know where you're going to be the next two to three weeks, like, you know, this could be a different, you know, it could be a different deal or owners that say, you know, I'm really wanting to wait and see what happens before we even decide to put this thing on the market. And, And so, Honestly, May four through six, that gets us, you know, pretty much close to the to the end of the semester for for most universities. So I don't know that May is a bad thing. Is that something were were you guys being strategic about that, or was that something that the JW just that was the only time they had available? Uh, I wish we could say we were that smart, Wes, and that's. <laughs> We were at the mercy of our friends at the uh, JW Marriott. Uh, next year, I think we're back in April. I don't disagree with you. And frankly, you know, as the person putting on the event, the more time I can have, the better. So maybe, maybe we'll look to that for future years. But yeah, I think in the next couple of years, we're back more in the April time frame. But it's a point well taken. And it, it, it does it does bear consideration for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you guys usually do a Southwest or excuse me, a Southeast multifamily kind of towards the end of, of May as well. So I'm sure having a bunch of conferences in May probably uh, is probably going to make everybody pull their here out this year. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And then, you know, you, know, you also have, uh, you're trying to balance things like Easter and people, you know, school yeah. on break before or after. You have uh, the Jewish holidays in, around that time as well. Uh, yeah. So there's there's no shortage of um, things to try to plan around, that's for sure. Gotcha. Well, give us a rundown of what attendees can expect this year um, at the conference. And I'll go ahead and, and, and kind of let everybody know. There's not a golf tournament on the schedule <laughs> this year, but if you want to play, we can all get there a day early and and you know try to uh, try to put something together. But uh, but that is not on the official agenda this year. Yeah, as you know, as a golfer myself, it pains me to not do the golf outing. But it just uh, you know we didn't do it last year for just kind of some COVID reasons, and and everybody seemed to be okay with it. And I you know golfers. People who play golf will find a way to play golf, so I'm, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Um, and it also is a big logistical uh, issue for us. Well, we're also trying to get the first day of the conference up and running. So, we, you know, what we did last year was we had our, our Women of Student Housing panel uh, kick things off on that Wednesday, and we're going to do that again. And, and that was a uh, a it was a great discussion, and b it, it just was a lot of positive energy to get the event started. So we're gonna we look forward to replicating that. Maybe introduce another thing on Wednesday as well, and then of course we roll into the roundtables. Uh, from 3.30 to 5, and then the big opening reception. Uh, in terms of what to look for, you know, I think a lot of optimism. The industry, as we've as we've 
chronicled and everybody knows has emerged knock on wood pretty darn well through a very challenging 18 months to 24 months and without with certainly with some some wrinkles here and there everything's moving along pretty well for i think for most people from an investment standpoint development leasing management operations new technologies emerging certainly supply chain supply chain issues those are a challenge but you know challenges are also a good thing to talk about at a conference so uh, I think we're going to have some some very interesting discussions. We're going to have a few new wrinkles, uh, as we like to do every year. We have the Innovator Awards. We had a record number of entries this year, which was fantastic to see. We have an amazing uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winner in Mike Moran. So it's going to be a great, great few days. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited about that. Is this the second Lifetime Achievement Award or the third? This is our second. You know, the first would have been in 2020, but that was pushed back to last year with, with Tom Tribbiana. And right. you know, I said at the time, when you look up student housing in the dictionary, you'd see Tom's picture. Well, I think, you know, right beside his picture would be Mike's. Yeah. You know, Capstone was one of the earliest major players in this space. And what, I mean, there are a lot of things I admire and, and love about Mike Moran, but one of them is that, you know, he, he, he was in all businesses, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's in off campus, on campus, investment, uh, management and operations, both on and off campus. So there, there's truly no segment of the industry that Capstone did not touch and still touches to this day. And Mike was the person that, you know, made it all happen and brought it all together. You know, in a, in a quick anecdote about Mike, I remember when we first started student housing business, we did a conference in New York City. It was our first or second year is kind of the theme of, you know, bringing institutional capital to focus on student housing or whatever. And we weren't sure how it was going to go. But the day I saw that Mike Moran registered and then I saw him with us there in New York City, I was like, okay, wow, that makes me feel a little bit of confidence that this is good. This is all right. Yeah. This, is not a, this is not a dumb idea because if a guy like Mike's willing to come up to New York City and, 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 and be there with us, that made me feel good. So um, he's always been a great friend of the magazine, certainly obviously a huge influence and presence within the space and couldn't be happier to, uh, to honor him on, on May 5th. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. Also love what they've, you know, Capstone has done with, um, uh, you know, supporting veterans and specifically in Alabama, they, they built a project that helps veterans. And uh, I, I can't remember if it's while they're at a hospital or, or exactly what the, what the requirements were, but uh, just a fantastic group of folks. And I'm um, looking forward to, you know, to hearing from, from Mike and and him getting his award because he is someone who certainly does deserve that for sure. Any any other uh, you know panel topics or anything like that that stick out to you that you're excited about? We are going to uh, you know our main thrusts, of course, are always things like investment, development, finance, leasing, management, operations, technology. But yeah, a couple couple new wrinkles. We're going to have a panel of maybe you know things to think about in the future. You know, our our, our students going to be paying their rent someday in crypto. Uh, <laughs> you know, are we going to is uh, NIL going to find its way into even more into the student housing space? You know, there's actually a discussion you're going to be on that's going to have some interesting, I think, some research findings and survey findings that are going to be out there. So yeah, I think there's there's really there's something for everybody, and the panels the panel sessions are going to be real good. Well, great. So, you know, last night I was checking the event over at interfacestudenthousing.com, which by the way, thank you so much for getting that, that URL. And, Cause I was always having to go to shb.com or studenthousingbusiness.com or, or to interface and, you know, find the link and all that. Now I can just go to 
interfacestudenthousing.com. <laughs> I can't get everything that that I need. But I saw where the room block at the JW is sold out. Uh, it doesn't mean that there are not rooms. Just means that you know they're they're likely at a higher rate. So if uh, if you're listening to this and you know you're going, make sure you book your room if you haven't already. And if they do sell out, I know the website's got some other hotels that are in walking distance. Is there, uh, have you guys worked out any kind of additional hotel block with, with them or is that kind of a free for all? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it, the hotel, it's, it's always a weird situation. This year, there's a big group in ahead of us earlier in that week. So they kind of clogged up some of the rooms earlier in the week, which made it hard you know, some people could get a room late for, at our event later in the week, but not the first night. And so it, it's, it's, it's always a, a sticky situation. I would just tell you that uh, if you really want to be at the JW to keep checking, even within our block, because people cancel, you know, sometimes a company will right. lock down 12 rooms, but only nine people wind up coming. So three of those rooms become available for each night. Otherwise, yeah, there are a lot of hotels nearby. There's a Hyatt place like literally across the street. That's one of the benefits of being in downtown Austin. There are a lot of hotels nearby. Don't actually have any formal blocks, but I think the hotel rates at the other places are pretty reasonable. So even if you don't wind up at the JW, you can literally be 100 yards away, spend all your time there. Yeah, yeah. I've had to do that before, and it's especially at the Hyatt. It's not it's not bad at all. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks, that a lot of companies that, that come in, um, to town for this or, or even a lot of the ones that are, that are local in Austin end up getting, you know, some additional, you know, private meeting space in order to, uh, you know, hold meetings and breakout meetings and that kind of thing. Uh, is the, is the JW able to, to help with that this year or should they look at other hotels to, to do that? We have about, I think about 20 companies that have wound up kind of doing the private meeting rooms that we help them facilitate. And I think the hotel probably still has other rooms or cabanas by the pool. I can't, it's a good question. I, I don't know the exact answer. If you're interested, you could contact us and we'll put you in contact with the person at the JW, or you could cer- certainly just call the JW yourselves. But yeah, no, a lot of companies, I think, find a lot of value in that. A lot of the meetings are, meeting rooms are on the fourth floor and the third floor, which are the two floors we're going to be on with our event. Uh, some people may remember okay. last year. Well, actually, in prior years, we were always just on the fourth floor. Last right. year, because the hotel had nobody else in the hotel, we were able to utilize both floors. And it helped certainly from a social distancing standpoint and a COVID standpoint and all that. And fortunately, this year, we're actually going to be able to do that again. So we're going to have two of our session rooms down on the third floor, a little bit of a networking lounge down on the third floor. And frankly, there's a lot of uh, travel between the third and fourth floors anyway, because that's where a lot of those private meeting rooms are. So, um, yeah, we'll be able to be. I don't want to say overly spread out, but at least I think comfortably spread out on the third and fourth floors this year. And yeah, if people want, if, if, if you still want to do one of those meeting rooms, I would say either contact us or just contact the JW directly. Gotcha. Hey, I was actually this morning had a, a call with kind of a new group that is um, actually they were on Shark Tank this this past week. Um, it's called uh, Oop Box. If anybody wants to check them out, um, I know they're in the process of doing something with, with CA Ventures, but I was talking with with one of their principals this morning and, you know, just kind of catching up and seeing how things went since they, since they were on shark tank um, last week and they said, uh, you know, business, business is good. And they wanted to, wanted to talk about doing some other student housing conferences. And I said, well, this one's coming up. 
but I honestly don't know <laughs> if there's any more, if there's any more space in the exhibit hall, but I told them I would be speaking with you today. So I'll just go ahead and ask that question. Is there any more room in the exhibit hall if someone wants to, to exhibit? Uh, there is no more room in the exhibit hall for better or for worse. We're sold out, but I just talked about the fact that we're going to have two session rooms on the third floor. So we are doing what we did last year. We're going to have some tabletop spaces down on the third floor. So it will give folks that really still want to have a presence, but maybe just didn't get to us in time for the the main exhibit floor. It'll give folks like that an opportunity to have some physical presence and, and be able to have, you know, a place to show your little bit of what you do or have your materials out. So uh, we do have that. We do have that option. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. Well, yeah, if you're if you're one of those vendors out there that are looking to see if you can get in, I would definitely reach out to to Rich on that because this is a it's a great conference to to meet suppliers. Again, I'm I'm excited about uh not only just attending but but also participating this year and looking forward to to seeing everybody again. Thanks so much for what you guys are are doing. I know this is now the 14th year and you know each year seems to even through COVID, it seems to have gotten a little bit bigger and uh, you know excited to see everybody but also just you know kind of see how things are, are evolving with the event itself speaking of, of events and things that have evolved obviously least con turn con uh, you know evolved a little bit uh, this year by adding turn con to it for those in our audience who you know for whatever reason didn't get to go this this past year if they're looking to um, to go this year, because I am hearing from a lot of our audience members that they want to they want to make sure that they've got that on their calendar for this coming year. Any any commitments yet from Interface if if they're going to try to put it on the calendar this year? Well, we certainly like to, Wes. It was fun to introduce. Uh, it was fun to bring the event back last year after a hiatus in 2020 and add the TurnCon element, which I th- actually I think I'd like to thank you for helping maybe introduce us and shed some light on that for us. I have to thank the guys at, at Easy Turn because it was actually at um, it was at Interface that uh, Chase Menfield said, "You know what? We should really do a turn con." So yeah, I'll bring that up to Rich. <laughs> I, think you, I think you brought it up when we rode the escalator from the third to the fourth floor. As a matter of fact, yeah, probably so. Probably uh, so. See what I was talking about? That people moving between the third and fourth floor. You and I were, and, yeah. and good things came out of it. Um, yeah. You know, you know, it's a labor of love. It's a fun event. The hardest challenge, frankly, is that so many of the owner operators have their own internal, um, whether you call it a year end or just their annual meetings. And yeah. so many of the uh, folks that would attend LeaseCon TurnCon from the vendor service provider side, they all feel certainly the need to be at those big company events. So it really yeah. becomes a challenge logistically to find the right time. Uh, and then we also have some other just kind of logistical challenges of other things we're doing at France Media. But uh, we, we are on it and we're, we're trying to figure it out. And, you know, a couple of folks that are hopefully watching this uh, may get maybe getting some calls from us to, to try to figure out some calendar dates. But uh, anyway, we're, we're on it. We'd like to do it. And hopefully we'll be back uh, some point in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, you know, that that actually brings up a good point We're we're in the middle of launching our new app, SHI Connect. It'll be available to everybody on April 1st, but we've got the ability to, to survey folks. And maybe that's something that we should do um, once that's up and up and going. Let's, let's survey all the folks that are on SHI Connect and find out what what makes the, the best date for everybody. So it's so a cool 
So that's that's not an April Fool's joke, Wes. You're you're really gonna have to Yeah, I know <laughs> I told I told everybody when we when we said April first, first thing that came or as they were suggesting April first, I was like, Yeah, but everybody's gonna think it's April Fool's. So <laughs> but but it is out. It's uh, in fact we've got I think we've got about thirty members that are under you know, there are beta members right now and, and, uh, it's, we're having a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to, to folks jumping on that and being able to, um, to, to use that to network and just, you know, be able to find ways to, to do things better. So, so yeah, everybody should, should check that out. Rich, thanks so much again and look forward to seeing you in May. And I'm sure we'll be talking, you know, between now and then, but if folks want to get more information, obviously they can go to interfacestudenthousing.com. Any other final words of, of wisdom or advice for those looking to attend? No, I just think that, you know, if you're in the student housing space, you really should be there May 4th to 6th. And uh, everyone you'll want to meet and talk to is going to be there. And uh, it, it's a fun event. We try not to take ourselves too seriously and, and we want to make it informative, but we also want to have everyone have a great experience with their networking and and it's a fun time of year to be in Austin. So thank you, Wes, for the opportunity to talk to everybody today, uh, for the continued great work you do with SHI. You are truly a, a valuable, valuable asset to this industry. So thanks for what you do. Thanks for giving me the chance to, ch- to chat a little bit. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see you and everybody else uh, in Austin, May 4th through the 6th. Fantastic. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks, Wes. Again, big thanks to Rich for giving us his time. I love doing this episode each each year, and I think we're now fourth or fifth year of doing that. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's always great to catch up with him and, and see what's on tap and see how this this conference is growing and how it's also evolving. So, a couple of announcements. Be on the lookout for our next episode in our Profiles in Student Housing series. As Rich mentioned, Mike Moran is being honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award to Interface this year. Well, I got to sit down with Mike this week to interview him, and and I can't wait for you guys to hear that. He's one of the pioneers in our industry and has left an incredible legacy. So stay tuned for that. Again, that's on the next episode of Student Housing Insight. The second announcement I wanted to make is that we have launched Shop Talk. So what is Shop Talk? So if you remember from some previous episodes we've talked about, there's this monthly web meeting that uh, Miles Worth and Chris Richards launched uh, among the executives within the industry at the start of the pandemic to try and figure out, you know, how best, you know, as operators to respond and proceed with things. Miles asked me a few months ago to help him with some content, and as that conversation grew, we decided to launch something just completely new and something that's more inclusive of the entire industry. So we launched Shop Talk, and it's all about what is impacting student housing operations today. So what can you expect on Shop Talk? Well, we always give a pre-leasing overview of what's happening over the the past, uh, you know, the previous month as far as regionally and nationally with pre-leasing. We also deep dive into a specific market for April. We did Gainesville, Florida. So if you're if you're in that market and you missed that shop talk, you definitely want to make sure that you go and listen to that. 
And you can do that by going to the website. Go to shoptalk.info. Again, that's shoptalk.info. And there you can register to receive updates on future meetings. Uh, You can also link there to our previous recordings. So go check that out. Again, it's shoptalk.info. Make sure you register. This is open to anybody in the industry to attend. And uh, it's not just executives anymore. You know, site level. I would say really property manager all the way to CEO is, you know, that that's who needs to, to tune into this each month. We're typically going to do it the second Tuesday of each month. We're doing things a little bit different in May since everybody's involved with Interface at the beginning of May. So the next one will be on May 17th. So make sure that you mark your calendars for that. And again, if you go and register, you'll actually get a calendar invite to it. So, all right, guys, that's it for this week. We'll see you on the next episode.